It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, welcome back. It's Mariners Pod. I hope you had a great weekend. Disappointing weekend for the Mariners as they drop two of three to the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll touch on that briefly, and it sets up what is no doubt the biggest series of the season as the Mariners will take on the Boston Red Sox for the first of three starting tonight. Right now, Boston tied with Toronto. They are on top in the wildcard race, Toronto and Boston, identical winning percentages. So they have the one, two spots in the race. The Yankees one game back after losing just a thriller last night against the Mets. That was an unbelievable ball game. So the Yankees one game back. You have the A's and Mariners tied three games back, both 77 and 66. The Mariners and A's will have plenty of battles the rest of the way as well. So that's how things sit going into tonight against the Red Sox. So Mariners lose a lot of margin for error after dropping two of three against Arizona. Things started out fine in the series against the Diamondbacks. Just a typical win for the Mariners. Just your... Typical Mariners one-run win the first game of the series, 5-4. to four. Uh, Marco Gonzalez gets the win for the Mariners as they as he outduels Madison Bumgarner uh, for the M's in that ball game. J.P. Crawford, his eighth home run of the year. Tom Murphy, the headliner, he knocked out two home runs in the ball game. Mariners are flat the following day, losing 7-3 to three in game two of the series. And then Arizona versus their fortunes in one-run games. They went 5-4. to four. Jared Kelnick came up big for the Mariners late in the ballgame. A two-run serious blast. His ninth pitch. Swing, hammered, blasted, and on its way. Gone home run onto the Hit Here Cafe porch. What a blast from Jared Kelnick. Number 10. It's a one-run game. Mariners will get no closer, though. Just four hits in the game. Three of them are home runs for the M's. Hanniger, Moore, Kelnick all going yard. But Mariners drop it 5-4 to four to Arizona. Mariners 77-66 and 66 on the season. Here's what Scott Service said after the ballgame. Yeah, obviously a disappointing uh, series here the last couple of days. Uh, haven't been able to get uh, uh, we wanted to get going. Uh, certainly offensively, it's been a little bit of a struggle. But... Uh, you know, today I thought, you know, you say Kikuchi coming off a shortest outing uh, of the year uh, bounced back um, really well today. Uh, I was really happy with the way he threw the ball. I thought, you know, early in the game, he started to get into the game uh, with his cutter. And then, you know, we saw the fastball come on a little bit later and was able to pitch out, a, you know, some traffic there. Got the, a couple of big strikeouts in the fourth, got through the fifth. Um, you know, the, the anchor, the, the strength of our team all year has been our bullpen. And you know, Miz, Swanee, all the guys down there have just been outstanding. You know, Miz, they jumped on him early. I think it was three pitches, and, and you look up, they had a couple runs in, and the first three guys uh, whacked the first thing they th- they saw. And uh, you know, after that, you know, uh, we were fighting uphill, um, you know, the rest of the day. So 
Um, again, you know, you're hoping to do a little bit more uh, against uh, the Diamondbacks offensively. You know, I thought coming into the game, you know, good idea what, what Gilbert was going to do. You know, there was a lot of cutters and, and, and the fastball inside. It just, you know, I thought we hit some balls hard early, you know, uh, not a lot of luck. I think uh, Marte made a couple nice plays in, in the outfield um, to shut us down there early. But, uh, again, I'll take your questions. Not a whole lot more to say on this one um, other than, you know, they, they jumped on our bullpen there in the middle innings. Scott, given kind of the struggles that you say in the past, and then, you know, you get the five, basically five clean one run. Is that, you know, he's only at 74 pitches. That way you wanted to go to him, though. You mentioned the bullpen being the strength, like shorten the game down a little bit. You got the five from him and you wanted to go there. Yeah, you know, coming into the game, you know, quite know what to expect. I know um, had a lot of discussions, uh, you know, with you say over the last few days, you know, trying to get him back in a good, good headspace. And I was really proud of him, happy with the way he handled everything thrown in the day. He went after him. He was aggressive. And then when he started to get the ball rolling, now you saw the velocity starting to come. So uh, nice bounce back outing for him. But yeah, you know, he was throwing the ball good. I thought, you know, getting out of the fourth inning, uh, you know, with a couple strikeouts there and then working through the fifth, I uh, was happy where we were at in the ball game uh, at the time. I think it was one to one. And typically when we're in those games, you know, you, you shorten it a little bit, go to the pen and it works in our favor. Uh, but today it obviously did. And the pocket of hitters fit for Miz, right? I think there was two lefties coming up in that inning. You had the switch and kept him on the one side. I mean, that was kind of a pocket that you'd want to use for him, right? Absolutely, yeah. That's all um, predetermined ahead of the time. You know, whether it was the fifth inning, the sixth inning, uh, that was kind of Miz's pocket to go after him in the game based on, you know, numbers and matchups and all that other stuff. You still have to go execute, and you have to give him credit. You know, he left some pitches in the middle, but they put good swings on him, and they were super aggressive against him. Hey, Scott, twice you guys have come back to T-Mobile with one game out of the wild card, and, and you lost the series to the Royals, and you lost to Arizona. I mean, I know it's baseball, and everybody drives Mercedes and stuff like that, but how frustrating is that when you guys kind of play yourself into it and then and maybe don't perform up to the level you're normally capable of at home? Like that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's baseball. I mean, there are going to be some, some highs and lows. You're going to ride the wave a little bit. Are you – the balls you hit, are they falling in? Are you having good at bats? Uh, I think for us, uh, you know, offensively, I, I didn't think we had our best games the last couple of nights. We've hit a few homers, uh, but like keeping the line moving and putting rallies together and pressure uh, on the other team, we haven't been able to do that the last couple of days. Um, that's what's going to be key in the upcoming series. You've got to have consistent pressure to try to put some bigger innings together. And we just weren't able to do that. You look at last night's game, they threw a four spot at Chris Flexen. It got us today. They put a three spot up there. That's what decides these games. You know, it's not just the one off homer here, or the one run you can scratch across there. It's, it's when you can put a crooked number up there in the beginning. And, and we struggled to do that here in the last couple of days. We've done it in the past and I'm sure we'll do it again. It just didn't happen in the last couple of days. Is it approach or is it just, you know, some baseball luck and stuff like that? I mean, you hit, like you mentioned, you hit some balls hard today. It will cause. I think it's baseball, Ryan. <laughs> I think it is. I mean, it happens to teams. Uh, you know, and, you know, you play the game on the field. It's, it's not, you know, what, who should win or records or anything like that. You still have to play a good baseball game uh, and execute, you know, and have good at bats and, and execute pitches. And when you don't do that, it doesn't matter who you're playing in this league, you know, they can come up and get you. And, and that's what the Diamondbacks did against us here the last couple of days. Hey, Scott, I know we talked pregame about Jared being in a good headspace, but uh, the swing certainly looks pretty good too. He's a, run into some nice ones here in September and uh, the power looks, as we know, lo looks very real, but looks like things are kind of clicking for him. 
Yeah, he had good at bats today. Again, I think he hit the ball that Marte made a heck of a play on, you know, kind of slicing away from him uh, over his head and left center field. Um, and then obviously the home run he hit late in the game. Uh, when Jared squares it up, he's got as much raw power as anybody uh, on our team. So about having quality at bats. And if you look at that at bat late in the game, he was able to work himself deep into the count, got some pitches to hit, and then he finally squared one up. So um, you're swinging the bat good. That's what we're going to need. Everybody contributing uh, at this time of year. Um, it's hard. Everybody's trying hard. You know what I mean? And they're working. They're here early. They're in the cage. You're grinding through it. You know, some days it's there. Some days it's not. And, you know, we're looking forward to the next series. We can't do anything about what just happened. It's over. We have to look forward and see where we're at. Go out and win a game tomorrow. Forgot to mention, we'll be talking to Justin Hollander, assistant general manager, in just a couple minutes. Shannon Dreher and I had a chance to catch up with the Mariners' assistant general manager. Always love talking to Justin. It's always such a great conversation. So that comes up in a couple minutes. So here's how things look against the Red Sox. Logan Gilbert will take the ball tonight, 7-10 first pitch. Eduardo Rodriguez will go for Boston in game one. Tomorrow, 7-10 first pitch, it will be Tyler Anderson's turn. Nathan Ovaldi will go for the Red Sox. And then 1-10 day baseball on Wednesday. It will be Marco that day. Red Sox have not announced their starter uh, yet for Wednesday. It's been quite a couple weeks for the Red Sox. A dozen players going on the COVID IL within the last 20 days, essentially. It has been a rough stretch. They lose Chris Sale as well, who was supposed to start on Sunday, so he's going to be out for a while. For Eduardo Rodriguez, it's been a roller coaster ride as of late. His last start against Tampa Bay, three and two-thirds, six earned runs allowed, eight hits, a couple of home runs. Start before that against Tampa Bay. Was good. Went six innings, did not allow a run. Striking out six. Was good before that, bad before that. So he's kind of alternated lately. We'll see what he does against the Mariners. He did face the Mariners way back in April. That's well, Mariners did not see Boston in a long time. April 25th, he gave up three runs in seven innings. And we'll see if the Mariners can get the offense cranked up against Rodriguez and Boston. Of course, they do pack a punch offensively. Xander Bogarts having an excellent season for the Red Sox. The shortstop, 20 homers, 33 doubles on the season. 369 on base percentage, batting near 300. He's played well. Devers has whacked 33 homers, 34 doubles as well. They do pack quite a punch. See if the Mariners, in a critical series, a critical series for their playoff chances, see what they can do against the Boston Red Sox. So we'll have a lot to talk about. By the time we talk next, they will be a couple games into this series. So we'll see where they sit after two games against the Red Sox. The Mariners have been so good at bouncing back this season, they'll have to do it again after losing two of three against Arizona. Well, now we're going to have a chance to sit down with Mariners assistant general manager, Justin Hollander. I got to know, as the Mariners are in the in the final stretch here, in this thing, how do you take in the other games going on? Like when the Yankees are playing or the Red Sox, do you just ignore it and then look at the box score later? Are you watching these games? What does Justin Hollander do in the stretch? I am a human being, and I absolutely watch as much as I can, and I... I say prayers and I beg and I plead. Um, and there's some nights I'm not even quite sure who I'm rooting for. If like the Blue Jays are playing the Yankees and you know what's better for us and how can we make this work? What's the most advantageous for the Mariners? But I, I do not have enough personal discipline to not watch. 
I've got to figure, because we've tried to figure this out, but you've got a room full of analysts, so surely you've plotted the path. You know who you should be rooting for. Yes, um, <laughs> but as we know, like you know, we are the fun differential team. True talent levels and most likely to win and other things that have, have sort of crept up during the season, you're not really sure how it's all going to shake out three weeks from now, and it's all close enough now that as, you know, particularly the AL East teams play each other, um, not really sure. Like, we've decided that Toronto may, in fact, win every game the rest of the year, and that would probably be good for us, just given the amount they play, the Yankees and the Red Sox. So we want one of those teams just to win out. Yeah. Like, just win every game. <laughs> Somebody run the <laughs> table. Run the table. Yeah. That's all. Um, so, like, uh, no. Uh, we try and stay focused on us winning and that's the most important thing if we play really well that's our best chance regardless of what everybody else does but i do not have enough personal discipline to solely focus my efforts on the mariners right now <laughs> i love it i've got my kids scoreboard watching now they're four and six they you know they, they're rooting squarely against all the ALEs teams in oakland right now so they you know everybody in my house is is scoreboard watching that's why the app is the greatest invention of all time it really is no one can talk me out of that yeah if you ever need to see all the games at once just walk into the the broadcast booth. <laughs> so we got them all going all the time. <laughs> How much of a challenge has it been balancing your goals that you set for the season? And I know that if you got in the right position and made it to a postseason, that would be a great thing. You, you were all for that. But also, you know, there are things that you can do that would sacrifice development um, that, that can help at times. And do you have to weigh that? And how does that come into play this year? I think we've been really disciplined on the whole about making sure that our long-term goals are always served our long-term goals are to be good for a long long time um these guys have earned the right uh the way they've played all year to have our full support uh, we think we helped the deadline obviously uh tyler anderson has come in and just been steady eddie really good every time out and steady eddie probably undersells how good he's been um and and toro has been awesome uh diego had a little uh slip up on the d and went on the dl and he's been really good the the few outings he's been back and you know the the steadiness that those guys have brought us obviously that fifth spot in the rotation was a problem for us and we felt like we had to address it uh and make sure we we found a way to get consistency every fifth day um and ta is more than delivered and with what toro has brought offensively and sort of a different dynamic to our lineup with his contact skills uh and he's been as clutch as it can get and some big moments for us uh and that's been great and you know TA is here under contract for just this year. Obviously, Toro we have for a long time. And, you know, you're, you're always making some sort of trade-offs. But right now, we're solely focused on what can we do to help this team win? How can we get to the playoffs this year? Um, the development that's happening behind these guys in the minor leagues, we're focused on that every day as well. You know, I first thing I do when I get up in the morning is read our internal reports on, on what happened with our prospects the night before. And But at game time in the major leagues, my eyes are glued on the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. You talked about all the injuries in baseball this year, and it's everywhere, especially with starting pitching. And as you mentioned, Anderson has put together a rotation where you're handing it to five guys going out every single day in September. We talked about kind of no man's land going into the season, what things would be like going through the course of this year. As you look back as this season's progressed, how happy have you been with how it's worked out in terms of starting pitching and innings and keeping guys healthy and that sort of thing? I would feel a lot better if we had the, the six that we started out with, yeah. including James Paxton. Um, you know, that's that's something that, you know, really affected um, how we were able to manage innings during the year. Uh, we just had so many starting pitching injuries when the year started out with 
Paxton 20 pitches into the season, unfortunately, uh, and then losing uh, Mark Avicic and, and LJ Newsom as well, uh, and having Marco go on the IL for a while, and then Dunn and Chef. We've just we've really battled. We thought we were in a somewhat position of strength when we came into the year with really what we thought are 10 guys we could count on uh to help get us through and turns out like in most things in baseball you don't know anything um and you turn around and you have to plug holes um but i can't say enough about how those guys have battled and persevered and the consistency we've got i guess in particular from chris flexen mm. who has just been unbelievable for us this year and he's the one guy that was built up uh having pitched in korea last year and having pitched a, a nearly a full season over there uh, and that has been huge for us um, both in the, the durability and consistency of taking his turn and also the, the way in which he's performed. It feels like he's gotten better as the year has gone on. Um, and he's been a rock that we've been able to build around. I do think the six-man rotation helped us to control innings. So hopefully now that we're back to a five-man for the last you know six, eight weeks of the season, our guys are a little fresher than maybe some, some guys around the league who pitched in a five-man rotation all year. Um, but these guys have been awesome. Can you find another flexin? <laughs> <laughs> Do that again. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, no, flex has been, uh, you know, I, if you would have told me this is, was, was going to be the result, I wouldn't have believed you. And we were obviously strong advocates for adding him and, 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 and bringing him in. But this has been uh, just the best possible outcome, both in what we've gotten on the field and what we've gotten off the field, the, the, the type of person he is and the, the work ethic and the intensity that he brings every day is uh it's been a godsend for us you've got logan gilbert down there and uh just an interesting situation pitch one game in triple a and then he's up at the big leagues what are you learning about him and how do you apply that you've got other young pitchers coming do you kind of look at how uh his assimilation into the big leagues does that kind of uh, help you in the future i think so um you always learn lessons um while keeping in mind that they're also all individuals they're all unique their bodies are all built differently and their minds are all built differently um, I think Logan's pretty special on both of those fronts. Um, he has such incredible aptitude. Um, I think you've seen him toy around with a different version of a slider because he really didn't feel like he was commanding the other one, the longer, a little slower velocity slider as well as he had hoped. So he's, he's shortened it up a little bit to help command it a little better. Um, he all, basically taught himself a plus changeup in the offseason this year. That's not a normal thing for, for pitchers even at this level to be able to do. Um, He's so smart um, and he's so gifted. Um, I don't think it's fair to hold everyone to that standard, but you do learn lessons. You know, Logan has had outings where he's absolutely dominated and he's had outings where he struggled a little bit. His command has, has wavered. His stuff really hasn't at times. Uh, and you look at the end of the day and he's averaging something like 10 strikeouts per nine and two and a half walks per nine. And that is unbelievable in this, this era of the big leagues to basically jump straight from double A come in here and i guess the biggest lesson we've learned is you know work ahead throw strikes that works at any level um and yeah he's just he's a unique person um and i hope that our guys who have followed him around and are a little bit behind him maybe on the curve like george and emerson matt brash williamson stout those guys take from his experience one how hard it is here and two his focus his dedication his work ethic uh and what it takes to be a good big league pitcher Speaking of learning about guys, we've had a chance to watch Abraham Toro now every single day since the trade. What have we learned about Abraham Toro on this short stretch? He's really good. Um, I think we've learned that. Uh, he's been one of the better players in the American League really since before we got him, since he started to play every day when Bregman got hurt in Houston right around the 15th of the June. He's been, I think, one of the 25 or so best players in the American League since then. Um, he makes great swing decisions. He makes a lot of contact. He's got power. He can really run. Uh, I think that the work ethic and the 
the way in which he's adapted to second base, the ease of which he's adapted, uh, I guess have been a little surprising to me. Uh, he just sort of seamlessly jumped right into playing a position he hadn't played a lot of before. Um, he can play every day. Uh, he really shows no signs of wearing down. He's very coachable. Talked to the staff downstairs a, a lot about his transition over to our uniform. Um, he's very quiet, um, and he's really enjoying the experience of playing every day and seems to be very happy that uh, that worked out for everyone. This is kind of my theme of the day, something I just discovered. I was put onto it by Tom Murphy. I'm like, hey, this is something good here. Um, this team is playing very well at home, and the record is indicating it. And it's important to get comfortable at home and be able to play to your ballpark. And uh, it's good to see. But the question is, is, what is the ideal pitcher for this park? What is the ideal offensive player for this park? Oh, wow. Now you're really putting me in a tough spot. Um, I, I think the ideal pitcher for this park or any park is someone who throws strikes and you know limits walks and misses bats and that's like i'm not shedding any new light that that works anywhere um i don't think there's anything about this park that's particularly unique at this stage you know when this place opened it was much bigger uh you know yeah. like it it really did favor the fly ball pitcher now i think it just like most parks favors strike throwers um guys will go out and attack the zone and, and have a swing and miss pitch um in terms of of hitters um they come in all shapes and sizes. You know, we have um, Kyle Seager having an awesome year with a lower batting average and, you know, lots of power, um, particularly pool power. Uh, and, and Kyle sort of turned the dial on that this year. And we have guys like Ty France and Toro um, who are more traditional, like higher average, lower swing and miss contact skills guys um, whose power comes from like barrel awareness and, and sort of the combination of angle and velocity but not overwhelming like Giancarlo Stanton Aaron Judge exit velocity I don't think you need that to succeed here Nelson Cruz destroyed this place and he is obviously at the top of the scale on that and Kyle Seager's had an awesome 10-year run here um so and he you know he doesn't have that kind of overwhelming brute strength but he picks his spots and is a good hitter and so like those any type will work here uh and you know we're looking for a skill set that fits the park, um, but we don't really think there's the park provides any inherent advantage one way or another. So I've enjoyed baseball this month compared to how it's been in the past in terms of September and roster restrictions now, where it was frustrating at times where it seemed like a different game in September because rosters were so big. And this year, you only get to add two. The downside of that has been, you know, sometimes we don't get to see some of those younger players as well, which is always fun. Have we found the right balance here? What are your What are your views on September baseball and rosters? And are we in a good spot now, or should we tweak it? <laughs> You're gonna get me in trouble with the commissioner's office. Um, I would like. You don't have to answer this question. <laughs> I'll try to. I'll try and avoid getting fined <laughs> yes. um, or yelled at. Um, I would like a couple more. Yeah. Um, I think those opportunities are, are good opportunities for young players. Um, now, if you're bringing someone up that you know they have to play, mm -hmm. um, that you you know everybody's got two spots and you have to make the most of them. If you had five spots or six spots, I think that would be of benefit. There's a an acclimation period to come to the big leagues and see the speed of the game and how it goes and be around uh, other big league players and learn from them. Um, so, like those things are really valuable as you're trying to grow young players up in the big leagues. I would love to have those spots, in particular, at our stage of development right now, where we have so many guys that we think are on the cusp of becoming big leaguers. Um, that being said, I really did not enjoy the the 38 to 40 yeah. man active <laughs> roster games, where and this is pre three batter rule as well, where there's a pitching change every five minutes. 
and there's pinch runners all over the place and you're subbing in and out all the time well not in and out but out and then a different guy in uh and it just i think it makes the game a completely different game if you have unlimited rosters in september um so you know i'm fine with it the way it is i think today's version is a more preferable version than sort of the carnival act of previous years where you know you 38 guys and an active roster in a given day um or 40 guys even some teams went to and just the constant barrage of matchups and subs i i just don't think that's an enjoyable game to watch from the fans perspective and from my own perspective like four hour games and getting home at midnight and turning right back around are not great either so um i think this is better than that I agree. I don't think did I, a, did I toe the line. Yeah, I don't think that? there's a fine there. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I think we're okay. Good job, Gary. We didn't get anybody into trouble <laughs> yeah. today yet. <laughs> yeah. Trying hard, trying hard. Uh, when you look at this uh, 2021 team, what is the biggest thing you would like to take into next year from this group? Uh, it was so I was sitting at the table post game uh, two days ago with uh, with TA and Joe Smith and Dylan Moore, uh, and just talking about like the. The resiliency of this group it is amazing the toughness the will to win the desire um these guys you know scott used the ted lasso reference the other day they're goldfish uh, i'm not gonna get all ted lasso on everybody uh, but <laughs> i do love it but like i just the the competitive spirit on this team is absolutely unbelievable i've you know i've been doing this for 15 years i've never been around a team like this they just Whatever happens the day before happened the day before and they come out and it's they're ready to win the next day um you know, we've been incredibly clutch, obviously. I think a lot of our toughness comes from our bullpen. I think the whole team feeds off the idea that they know if we just hang around in the game, the bullpen will keep us close. All those guys in the pen, they're ready to pitch every day. They come into big spots. They have no fear. They throw strikes. They get, they're aggressive. And I think our, our position players know that they're going to get another chance to hit in a one-run game. If we're down a run, we're going to stay down a run. If we're up a run, we're going to stay up a run. And if we're tied... We're gonna win this game. Um, they just, they, they, I think there's a belief that the bullpen has created, um, and I couldn't tell you how we replicate that, other than hopefully the belief carries over into future years that those experiences that we've, they, that these guys have had, some of them for the first time, of winning close games in Yankee Stadium, winning close games in Houston, like beating Tampa, who's probably the best team in the American League this year, and, and, and playing really well against them. Hopefully those carry over to a belief that we're just as good as all these teams. We can play with these teams. Uh, and hopefully that manifests itself this year into a playoff run, uh, and hopefully for years to come. Trying to figure out how to get, if we're down a run, if we're up a run, if we're tied, we're going to win and all that onto a t-shirt. That would be fantastic. I like that. <laughs> I just, just shortened it to, we're going to win. <laughs> um, we have a lot of t-shirts. We're not short on t-shirt uh, uh, apparel for our group this year. <laughs> so true.